0: well good morning to each and every one of you and a shout out welcome to our first-time guests and a shout out welcome to those that are watching online from the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and globally around the world. And I must tell you, it's so good to look down and see so many boys and girls in the auditorium today. And uh, I hope, boys and girls, you've got your worksheet. It's going to help you follow through in the message today. And I just believe that this message is going to be a blessing to everyone. How many people are glad to be In God's house this morning. If you're glad to be in God's house this morning, celebrate. Are you ready for God's Word? Come on, how many people are ready for God's Word? Well, we're in a seven-part sermon series that we're calling Stronger. And we're taking seven Sundays to explore the the armor of God. We believe that God wants us to be fully dressed. He wants us to be suited and booted so that we can stand against the attacks of the enemy in our life. It's been a tough year for everybody. And the enemy's been kicking hard, but God is stronger, amen? And we can find victory in the Lord. In message number one, we talked about the belt of truth. In message number two, we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, In message number three, we talked about the shoes of peace. But today, I want to talk to you about the shield of faith. And I want to invite you to get your Bible out and turn with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. And there is a sermon outline on our church website. We don't have a paper copy for you today, but there is a digital copy on our church website. Paul is chained to a Roman guard, a Roman centurion. And he looked at what the Roman centurion was wearing and he looked and he took the physical and he applied it to the spiritual. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, he noticed that the Roman centurion was holding on to a shield. And he said in verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can, not you possibly might, you can. Amen you can extinguish all, not some, but all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If you believe that this word is true, I want you to give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord right now. Amen. Could we bow our heads? Father God, I'm asking today that this verse, as we talk today about the shield of faith, would come alive to our hearts today. I pray, God, that we would find victory in you. I pray that we would learn from your word today. I pray that we would be transformed from your word today. And so we commit these final moments to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Nobody whispered. Everybody said, amen. Well, I want to answer for you today five specific questions about the shield of faith. And the first question I want us to look at are what are the two kinds of shields that were used by Roman soldiers, two kinds of shields that were used by the Roman soldiers. The first shield I want to point out to you, number one, is what we will call the ceremonial shield. It was made for show, and the ceremony shield was used in parades. The ceremony shield was used in public, and it was just a a show item. It was usually small and round, something like this. It was never used in battle. Think it through. If you had a small shield like this in battle, how would you be able to fully protect yourself? It's so small. They say that the small ceremony shield was etched with engravings around it. It was flashy. It looked good. And Roman soldiers would only use the ceremony shield in a ceremony or in a parade, they would show it off. It was etched with all these engravings. And some of you today, your faith is you are holding on to the wrong shield. You're holding on to a shield that is just show. It's kind of like we come to church and we pretend that we have a faith that is strong. And we pretend that because we've showed up to church, we're going to have a faith that's strong. We, we pretend that everything's all right and we put on a show to make it look like everything is fine. And so just like the Roman centurion would only hold on to the ceremony shield for a parade, for show, I pray that we would not hold on to the wrong shield, but we would have the right shield. So number one, it is the ceremonial shield. But the second shield that I want to point out to you, number two, is the warrior shield. The warrior shield, which was made for battle. This is the shield that Paul was referring to in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. And we've kind of made one here to give you an idea of what it would be like. And it would be in the shape of a door. It would be, it would be wide in its width and long in its length. It would be made of, 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 of the hide of an animal. And they would literally put together about six layers of hide from an animal. To make it so strong. To make it so durable. I want you to picture six layers of hide from an animal. Pieced together and glued together and brought together. They say it would be so strong that it would be as strong as steel. And and the the warrior would, would get behind the shield that was like a door. And the shield would protect its entire body. This is the kind of shield that Paul was referring to. This is the kind of shield that Paul was referring to in Ephesians chapter 6. The second question I want to talk to you about is, what about faith? Because Paul describes the shield to faith. He gives a spiritual application. Just like the shield would protect the warrior in battle, our faith can protect us against the attacks of the enemy. So I want to give you very quickly four quick thoughts about faith. Number one, I want to say to you, number one, faith is the complete confidence or trust in someone or something. It's the complete confidence or trust in someone or something. I noticed you came in today and you sat down on on the pew and you didn't check it to make sure it could hold you. I didn't see anybody check it to make sure it was glued together and nailed together and screwed together well. You didn't see if it was wobbly. You just trusted the pew, didn't you? And you sat on it. It's just like I'm sitting on this chair right now and I, I trust it. I've sat on chairs like this many times. I, I trust the chair to hold me. That's what faith is. Faith is the complete confidence or the trust in someone Or in something. And so we don't put our trust today in man. We don't put our trust today in earthly things. We as believers in Jesus Christ put our trust in God Almighty. He is worthy of putting our faith. Come on church. He's worthy of putting our faith. He's worthy of putting our trust in. Now I want to point out to you that the word shield is used many times in the Old Testament. It's used 50 times in the Old Testament, but it's only used two times in the New Testament, one time right here in our text. In just a few moments, we're going to look at arrows. And arrows are mentioned so many times in the Old Testament. Arrows are mentioned 59 times in the Old Testament, but they're mentioned only once in the New Testament in our text. Now, the first time that God is compared to a shield is found in Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said to Abram, do not be afraid. I am your shield, your very great rewards. And I want you to get it in your spirit today. God is your protector. Do you believe that today? God is your protector. God is your shield. And your faith is complete confidence or trust in someone or something, and our trust is in God. The second thing I want to point out to you, number two, number two, God has already given you enough faith to ensure that you are fully covered in life for all of the battles that you will go through. Now, just like the Roman centurion, the Roman soldier would have a shield, shaped like a door, that would fully cover and protect his entire body. It would cover his head. It would cover his chest. It would cover his legs. It would cover his feet. When a Roman centurion was holding on to the shield, he was fully covered. God has already given it you as a believer in Jesus. Jesus. Enough faith to fully cover you and fully protect you for every battle that you will face in life. I want to give you some scriptures today that can help highlight this for us today. And the first scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, Paul said, How from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, In Christ Jesus, the moment you got saved, you experienced saving faith. And God has given you enough faith to fully protect you for every battle in life. You just got to learn how to use that faith, and you got to learn how to take care of that faith. Look at Romans 12, verse 3. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. God has given you enough faith for every battle that you will face in life. You've just got to learn how to use that faith, and you've got to learn how to take care of that faith. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, we live by faith, not by sight. And so number two, God has already given you enough faith to ensure that you're fully covered in life for all the battles you would go through. But then there's number three. Strong faith is determined by the presence or the absence of God's Word. If your faith is strong, it's because the Word of God is present in your life. If your faith is weak, it's because the Word of God is not present in your life. Now, here's something that maybe you didn't know about the, the shield that the Roman centurion would, would have. There was literally a clasp on their belt that when they weren't in need of the shield, they would literally clasp the shield to the belt. Now, isn't it interesting that Paul calls it not the belt of faith, he calls it the belt of truth. He doesn't call it the shield of truth, he calls it the shield of faith. Now, watch this. The belt wasn't clasped to the shield, the shield was clasped to the belt. So I want to declare to you today that the truth, the truth isn't clasped to your faith. Your faith is clasped to the truth. And when you put your faith in the truth of God's Word, you will have strong faith. If you want faith that is strong, if you want faith that is solid, faith that will protect you, you've got to hook your faith to the Word of God. Satan is not afraid of your words, but Satan is fearful of the words of God. If you want to have victory in your life, speak forth the Word of the living God. Somebody give a little amen today. You've got to hook your faith to the Word of God. Now, I want to show you a scripture that I've, I've preached from many times, but I saw something today, this week, as I was studying it, about, about strong faith being determined by the presence or the absence of God's Word in your life. It's Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word about Christ. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes through the Word. It's the Word about Christ. When I read the Bible, I look for Jesus in every verse, because I know that the Old Testament is the New Testament contained, and the New Testament is the Old Testament explained. Every verse in the Bible is pointing to Jesus, and I want to encourage you when you read God's Word, see Jesus all through the pages of God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. And so church, if you want faith that is strong, hook your faith to the Word of God. Somebody give a little amen today. You've got to hook your faith to the Word of God. Then there's number four. When you become sure about something, you really begin to expect something. When you really become sure that something is true, and you become confident that it's true, there's a level of expectation that begins to rise. I wanna give you some verses. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have first of all, in verse one and verse two, we have not a definition of faith, but we have a description of faith. The writer said, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Faith is what? A confidence in what we hope for. It's what? An assurance of what we do not see. Faith builds as the word of God builds in your heart. When you get so confident and trustworthy of God and trustworthy of his word, there is an atmosphere of expectation that begins to rise in your life. And Hebrews chapter 11 gives us, first of all, a description of faith. And then it goes on to give us a demonstration of faith. It talks about Enoch. And that speaks of faith that is waiting. It talks about Noah. That talks about a faith that is working. It talks about the patriarchs. That's talking about a faith that is waiting. Then it talks about Moses. It's a faith that is warring. And then it talks about Joshua and Rahab. It's a faith that is winning. And then you come down to verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you wanna please God, you've gotta walk and you gotta live in faith. You gotta trust him. You gotta say, God, that's your word. I believe it, I'm living by it, I'm guiding my life by it, I'm guiding my family by it, I'm guiding my work by it, I'm guiding my marriage by it, I'm guiding everything by it, because I know your word is true. Come on, I'm preaching now, church. I know his word is true, and I'm trusting in his word. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, he begins to mention some people who were martyred for their faith. He talks about some people who died before the promise came forth. Look at verse 39 and verse 40. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Why? Since God had planned something better for us. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to believe for it, you're going to trust for it, but it doesn't happen the way you thought it should happen. Don't bail on God. Say, God, I'm going to still trust you no matter what. Come on, are you with me today, friends? We're not going to walk on God because God doesn't do what we trusted and believed Him for. We're going to trust Him no matter what. There's there's some great verses in Daniel 3, 17 and 18. I love these verses. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Not just able to deliver us from it. Notice their faith. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Not just that he can, but their faith was so strong, he will. But look at verse 18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Faith that is strong, says God, I'm I'm fastening myself to the belt of truth. I'm I'm putting my truth on the Word of God. You said it. I believe it. I trust you. And even if life doesn't go the way I thought it's going to go, I'm still going to trust you. Even if I don't receive the miracle that I'm believing for, I'm still going to trust you. Even if things don't go the way I thought they would go, I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to put my confidence in you because you're God and I'm not... I trust you, God, no matter what. I trust you in the good times. I trust you in the bad times. I trust you when I'm feeling healthy. I trust you when I'm feeling sick. I trust you when I've got money in the bag. I trust you when I don't have money in the bag. I trust you when when things are going fine, but I'm going to trust you at all times. Church, if you want a faith that is strong and you want to have a faith that's going to protect you, you've got to have a faith that is holding on to the Word of God. God, you can. God, you are able. But even if you don't, I'm still going to give you praise. Come on, Whitfield. I'm still going to give you worship. I'm still going to give you thanks. Because I know that your ways are higher than my ways. And you've got a plan that's greater and bigger. Stop trying to play God in your life. Let God be God. And may you be you. Come on, give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord. (laughs) Woo! I want to take you to number three. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about the three kinds of arrows that are used in the military i've already shared with you that arrows are mentioned like 59 times in the old testament but they're only mentioned once in the new testament and i, I want to give you the three kinds of arrows and i think it's going to bring this scripture home to us today and the first kind of arrow that is used is the the regular arrow it's the common arrow It's the ordinary arrow. It's the arrow that you're used to seeing. I mean, it's the arrow that they put in the bow and they shoot it. It's ordinary. It's common. It's basic. This is the most common arrow that was used in battles. That the enemy would take the bow and put the arrow in it and and shoot the common, ordinary arrow. But the second arrow, number two, is the lit arrow. The lit arrow. And what they would do is they would take the common, ordinary arrow, and they would dip it in tar at the end. And they would set it on fire. And they would shoot the lit arrow, which was a common arrow, with some tar on the end, and it was lit. And they would thus see the lit arrow flying through the air. And they would hold up their shield to protect them from either the common arrow or the lit arrow. But the third kind of arrow is maybe you didn't realize existed, it's not the regular arrow, it's not the lit arrow, it's the impact arrow. And the impact arrow is they would take the ordinary arrow and they would put a little bit of cloth on the end of it and they would soak the cloth in some type of substance that, that was combustible that would blow up upon impact. And, and the enemy would use the impact arrow, especially if they were up against someone who was guarding a territory. Now let me explain this. If you were, if you were in battle in those days and, and you were trying to protect yourself from the ordinary arrow, you would just hold your shield like this and, and you would protect yourself from the, from the ordinary arrow. And there's times that you would look and you would, you would see the lit arrow coming towards you and you would hold up your shield and protect yourself from the lit arrow. But when they were shooting the impact arrow... It was meant to hit a target, and when it hit the target, the target would explode. Now, the problem with the impact arrow is it looked harmless, but it was the most harmful. It looked like the ordinary arrow, but it wasn't the ordinary arrow. And so I want you to picture for a moment. you're, you're trying to defend yourself, and you, you see an arrow coming towards you, and, and you think it's the common arrow, and so you don't even worry about it when it doesn't come near you. It's just a common arrow. But, the, but they're not shooting the common arrow towards you. They're shooting the common arrow towards what you are protecting, and, and when it hits what you're protecting, it explodes. It looks the most harmless, but it's the most harmful. And I'm here to declare to you today that Satan knows your vulnerable points. He knows where he can attack you. He knows if you're prone to worry, he's going to get you worrying. He knows if you're prone to anger, he's going to get you angry. He knows if you're prone to impatience, he's going to get you impatient. He knows your weak point, and he's not just trying to get you, he's trying to get the people around you. So I I want you to write something in your notes because I think this is so important to understand this text. You must discern it, and you must destroy it. You must discern if it's the common arrow. You must discern if it's the lit arrow. You must discern if it's the impact arrow. And I want to say it again. The impact arrow looks looks as harmless as a common arrow, but it's more harmful than any of the arrows. It looks safe. It doesn't look like it's going to hurt you. It doesn't look like it's going to affect you. But when it hits you, something explodes. We need to discern it, and we need to destroy it. Somebody say amen. So let me show you some scriptures. Psalm 11 verse 2. The psalmist says for look. The wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot me from the shadows at the upright in heart. That's what the enemy does. The enemy, enemy knows your vulnerable point. He's hiding in the shadows. He's trying to get you when you least expect it. Look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 12 and verse 13 where Jeremiah is lamenting and he begins to think that God is out to get him. He said, he drew his bow and he made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with the arrows from his Quiver. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 and verse 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Come on church, we don't fight with arrows. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against what? The knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. How? To make it obedient to Christ. Now let me say it again church because you got to get it in your spirit. When, when, when the shield when the shield wasn't in operation, it was clasped to the truth. The truth wasn't clasped to the faith. The faith was clasped to the truth. If you want a faith that is strong, it's going to depend on how much you know and understand and believe about God's Word. I'm here to say to you church, we got to know and understand and believe every single verse in the pages of God's Word. So when the enemy shoots the impact arrow you can say ah thus saith the word of the Lord God Almighty I'm gonna say it again the devil's not afraid of your words but the devil's afraid of the word of the living God come on give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord God <laughs> Woo! I want to talk to you number four how do you take care of the shield of faith and I'm gonna show you two things that maybe you never knew about the shield of faith the first thing I want to show you is that there was a, a ritual that an ancient warrior would do first thing in the morning when they got up. The first thing they would do is they would take their shield, and they would get a cloth, and they get a vial of oil, and they saturate the cloth with oil, and they would get their shield, and they would soak and rub the oil all over the shield. Because the shield was made from hide of an animal. And when it was sitting too long, it would get brittle. And it would break off in battle. It would get so hard and so dried up from the sun that it would break off in battle. (laughs) And the way for the shield to not break off in battle was for the ritual of every morning for the warrior to get up and get the vial of oil and rub the oil. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Rub the oil all over the shield to make sure that every part of the shield was saturated and soaked and rubbed with the oil. There is a spiritual application of this that I want you to write in your notes I'm here to say to you, how do you take care of your faith? It's going to take a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you every single day. The psalmist said, He anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. If you want your cup to run over, you've got to be anointed freshly with the Holy Spirit. Every single day, I'm going to show you some verses in Isaiah 21, 5 and verse 6. You may have never saw this in the Bible. But Isaiah 21, 5 and 6, get up you officers, oil the shields. There it is, oil the shields. Get up, get the oil. Rub the oil on the shields. Because if you don't rub the oil on the shield, the shield's going to dry up and it's going to become brittle and it's going to break. This is what the Lord says to me. Go post a lookout and have him report what he sees. And just like a, a, an ancient Roman soldier would, would put the oil on his shield, I'll tell you, church, every day I get up, if I want my faith strong, I say, Lord Jesus, give me a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on my life today. May your Spirit come upon me. May your Spirit re- refresh me. May your spirit saturate my mind. May your spirit saturate my mouth. May your spirit saturate my hands. May your spirit saturate my feet. I'll tell you, church, when your faith is saturated with the Holy Spirit, it's not going to break in the battle of life. When you got a fresh touch of Holy... Come on, Woodville. When you got a fresh touch of Holy Spirit on you, your faith is going to be strong. But there's a second thing that the warrior would do. And it's going to get a little messy here. But it's only water. It's only water. I mean the first thing in the morning. He'd, he'd, he'd rub oil on the shield. To make it pliable and bendable. And not brittle. So that it would stand in battle. But just before the battle began. They would get water. And they would soak it. And they would saturate it. And they would get it so wet. Do you know why? So that when the flaming arrows would come against them, they would hold up a shield that was so moist and so wet that when the fiery arrow hit the shield, it was extinguished upon impact. Now there is a there is a spiritual application to this church. Oh my goodness, there's a spiritual application to this because I'll tell you how do you how do you take care of your faith? It's gonna take a number two, a fresh soaking. It's gonna take a fresh soaking, it's gonna take a fresh saturation in the word of God. You don't just need a fresh anointing of Holy Spirit. You've got to get up every day and soak yourself freshly in the word of God. I don't care if you read the Bible for Genesis to Revelation, read it again. I don't care if you've read it 30 times, read it again, read it again, read it again, and may the living word become life to you, Paul said in Ephesians 5:26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. I'm convinced when Paul saw the shield on the Roman centurion, he knew the first thing the centurion would do in the morning was rub the oil on the shield, and right before the battle. He would soak it. He would soak it in water. How many people know we need to be soaked and saturated in the Word of the living God? But there's one more thing that I want to leave you with. Number five, what is the purpose of the shield? And I want to show you two final things in conclusion. Number one, it's used for protection. We've already elaborated on that. The shield is used for protection protection and you would you would hold the shield in front of you and it was used for protection in front of you from the enemy's attack and so you don't put your faith beside you you don't put your faith behind you you keep your faith right out front of you do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ come on are you with me today Woodville Don't put your faith beside you. Don't put your faith behind you. Put your faith in front of you. Put it in front of you. Put it in front of you. But I'm going to show you something else that I couldn't wait to conclude this message with. Number two, it's used for advancing forward to take over the enemy's territory. I'm told in battle that there's something That the warriors would do is they would stand side by side. And they say on the edges of every shield were hinges, hinges. And what would happen is a a warrior would stand with his shield and another warrior would stand with his shield and this warrior would hinge his shield to the one beside him. And then this one here would hinge his shield to the person beside him. And then this person would hinge his shield to the person beside him. And before long, they had created a wall of protection as they united their shields together. You know where I'm going with this. I think God is calling the church to unite their faith together, to create a wall of protection, to protect us together from the attacks of the enemy. I'm going to show you something else here. Come on, go ahead and give a little clap offering of praise. I know you want to. But the other thing that they would do is they wouldn't just hook their shields together and they wouldn't cower back like this. Warriors would never run back. Warriors would hook their shields together and they would advance forward towards... The enemy, as the enemy is shooting the arrows at them, and the arrow would hit the shield that was already soaked in the oil and soaked in the water, and it would be extinguished immediately. And they would push forward as their shields are locked together, and they would take territory of the enemy. I think it's time that the church takes some territory of the enemy and says, We're not gonna cower back, we're not gonna sit back, we're gonna stand strong. We're going to stand firm. Get on your feet. I want to read you some final scriptures in these final moments. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 5. Peter says, be, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Now verse 5 is the second time And there's only two times that a shield is mentioned in the New Testament. Who through faith are shielded by God's power. Come on up, Pastor Brad. We're going to sing in these final moments. But how many people know we are shielded by God's power? The first verse I shared with you is what God said to Abram when Abram was marked by fear. He said to Abram, he said, I am your shield. And I want everyone today to get into your spirit. God is your shield. And we are protected by God's power. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 is a word because right in this COVID season it feels discouraging and it feels like will the church ever be full again? Will we ever, ever be able to move forward? I'm here to declare to you it's not my church, it's not your church this is the church of Jesus Christ. And he said and I believe it and I'm clinging my faith to the word of God he said I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Do you believe that today? So we're going we're gonna to hook our faith to the word of God. If Jesus said it, I believe. He said, I will, not I might, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Then I just declare Isaiah 54, verse 17, over everyone in this place, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You see, the devil has got the common arrows of doubt and despair and depression and defeat. But sometimes he puts a little fire on the end, but often he makes one that looks harmless, but it's an impact arrow and he shoots it at your children, he shoots it at your marriage. he comes at you when you're least expecting it because he's, he's trying to take territory. But, but I'm telling you, church, we're going we're to pray today that there's going to be a fresh anointing of Holy Ghost all over our faith. And we're going to pray that we will daily soak ourselves in the Word of God so that our faith will be activated and it will be strong. How many people believe the Word of God is true? Amen. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Come on, sing it. Go, Pastor Brad, sing, sing a little bit of this song. if every head would be bowed and everyone's eyes would be closed. Perhaps you're standing here in this auditorium or you're watching on live streaming and today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity. Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're ready for heaven? Was there a time, a place, a moment that you personally asked Jesus to come into your life, forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior? Have you accepted personally Jesus in your life? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know beyond any shadow of doubt that you are going to heaven. If you're standing here today, you're watching online, you've never made that personal decision for Jesus. I want to lead you in this prayer, and we're going to join you as you pray. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life, Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I make my peace with you. I receive you in my life. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Could you open your eyes and celebrate salvation? Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you made the best decision of your life and i just encourage you to reach out to us by email and we're going to connect you to our follow class we're going to help you in your new faith and if you're watching online today reach out to us and if you don't attend a life-giving bible believing church we would be honored if you joined us in the journey well friends today we've talked about the shield of faith and so we're not going to walk around with the, the the show faith right we don't we don't want a little show faith we don't we don't want that We want to be fully covered and fully protected at all times. And we want to link our faith with one another. And we want to take back some territory that the devil's been trying to steal. Because we know that Jesus said, I am building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So all across this place, I want you to lift your hands to the heavens. I want to pray for you. Father God, in these final moments, I pray that we'd have faith that is strong. Father, I pray that we'd see miracle after miracle. I pray, God, that we would not walk in defeat, but we would walk in victory. I pray in the name of the Lord that you would cover and protect everyone in this place, everyone that is watching online, that we would be fully covered and protected from the fiery arrows of the enemy. I pray that we would walk and live in victory. So, God, surround each one. Give us a great day and a great week. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Amen.